Today's scripture reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the churches of Macedonia. In the terrible ordeal they suffered, their abundant joy and deep poverty overflowed into rich generosity. For I testify that they gave according to their ability and even beyond it. Of their own accord, they earnestly pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And not only did they do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us, because it was the will of God. So we urged Titus to help complete your act of grace, just as he had started it. But just as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we inspired in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not making a demand, but I am testing the sincerity of your love in comparison to the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And this is my opinion about what is helpful for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but even to have such a desire. Now finish the work so that you may complete it just as eagerly as you began according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. It is not our intention that others may be relieved while you are burdened, but that there may be equality. At the present time, your surplus will meet their need, so that in turn their surplus will meet your need. Then there will be equality, as it is written. He who gathered much had no excess, and he who gathered little had no shortfall. But thanks be to God, who put in the heart of Titus the same devotion I have for you. For not only did he welcome our appeal, but he is eagerly coming to you of his own volition. Along with Titus, we are sending the brother who is praised by all the churches for his work in the gospel. More than that, this brother was chosen by the churches to accompany us with the offering, the gracious gift we administer to honor the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We hope to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this generous gift, for we are taking great care to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. And we are sending along with them our brother, whose earnestness has been proven many times and in many ways, and now even more so by his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches to the glory of Christ. In full view of the churches, then, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our boasting about you. This is God's word. Several weeks ago, we read Acts 19, then broke off our reading of Acts to read the two letters to the Corinthians. It seems clear that Paul wrote both of these letters, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, during the two years, according to Acts 19.10, that Paul was in Ephesus. In the middle of Acts 19, verse 21 says, After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. Corinth is in Achaia, which is in the southern peninsula of Greece. Paul's purpose for going to Jerusalem by way of Macedonia and Achaia was to collect an offering from the churches in Greece to help the believers in Jerusalem who were suffering under a terrible famine. Today's reading, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, discussed that offering for the believers in Jerusalem. First, Paul described the generosity of the Macedonian churches in verses 1 through 5. Macedonia is in the northern part of Greece, 
and the churches there were the Philippians, the Thessalonians, and others. These churches were facing trials of their own, according to verse 2, but were generous in their giving anyway, according to verses 2 through 5. Paul used their example to encourage the Corinthians to give excellently, according to verse 7, as well, which they had already promised to do, according to verses 10 through 15. This chapter closed with a description of how Titus and someone else were coming to collect the offerings from the Corinthians. That's verses 16 through 24. In the middle of that section, verses 19 through 21 discussed the level of accountability that they used in carrying this gift. Paul said in verse 21, For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. That's the NIV's reading. In Paul's world, people paid traveling speakers for their wisdom and even for their religious instruction. That gave dishonest, unscrupulous people an opportunity to take advantage of others by asking for money for a good cause, but keeping much, if not all of it, for themselves. Paul wanted to guard against the temptation to take that money. He says, I wanted to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to verse 21. And Paul wanted to guard against any appearance or accusation of stealing. We see that in verse 21b, where it says, but also in the eyes of man. Accordingly, each church sent a representative with Paul to accompany this offering to Jerusalem. In other words, every church gave and then sent somebody from their congregation to accompany the offering with Paul and his companions. And that way, there were plenty of witnesses that every dime collected was given to the Lord's people. Having good financial controls and accountability is not something that lifts one's spirit to worship. However, the Bible says repeatedly that someone's attitude about money reflects what that person's walk with God is like. The Bible warns us again and again about false teachers who are looking for financial gain and for others who will use the Lord's work as a means to wealth. Many ministries have been victims of embezzlement. Others have enriched the ministers in ways that were perfectly legal but not perfectly righteous. These fiscal missteps both are sins because they take what was given to the Lord's work for personal enrichment. I believe the Bible teaches us to give generously to the Lord's work. I also believe that it requires us to handle the money given to the Lord's work appropriately. Ministries are not the only places where money can be embezzled or mishandled. If you are given the opportunity to handle an organization's money, whether it's a secular company or a ministry or whatever, if you're given that opportunity, be someone who welcomes good supervision and financial controls. They will protect you from false accusations as well as temptations. This is not the kind of stimulating spiritual talk that we necessarily think of with a devotional, but it is a righteous principle for us to learn that the way we handle money reflects our faith in God and our desire to live for him and please him. So be someone who handles money with absolute integrity. And I'll see you next time.